Hello, welcome into your favorite football podcast. I'm James, and Raceland's joining me tonight. And Raceland, we have a lot to get into, especially when it comes to the NFL schedule, as we know that was released this past Thursday night. But Raceland, before we get into that, I want to talk about the news that kind of broke uh, yesterday and then some more details coming out today. And that's Jarvis Landry. We know Jarvis Landry got released from the Browns this past offseason. And he kind of took a while for him to land, but he finally lands with the Saints. Um, so, Rayson, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Jarvis Landry landing with the Saints? And do you think that um, it, it can help elevate the Saints offense to another level this off season, this next upcoming season? I definitely think it can help the team out quite a bit because if, if you, they can get Michael Thomas back um, – he can obviously be your ex receiver. You you can put uh, Chris Olave on the other side as the Y and have him with the speed, and then you throw Jarvis in the slot, and that's where he performs the best is short routes over the middle. Yeah, and especially I mean, if you look at that, I mean, but the only thing is, who's their speed guy? I guess it'd be Olave now, right? I mean, I mean, because yes. Michael Thomas is kind of the possessional guy. Um, I guess Jarvis used to be used to be able to go down the field. I mean, I think he averaged 11 yards per catch last season with the Browns. Um, so I mean, he's that good veteran presence, right? Because he's been around longer than Michael Thomas. Um, yeah. And if anything, it adds well. If Michael Thomas goes down, we have Jarvis that could step up and help the rookie yeah. receiver coming in. But still, with the Saints, though, that that the whole thing looming over them right now is the quarterback situation. I mean, do you yeah, really trust their quarterback room right now? Okay, Jameis had um, LASIK eye surgery this offseason, so he's saying he says he sees a whole lot better now. Uh, maybe that'll help him. Maybe it won't. I, I'm not sure. We won't know until probably halfway through the season. And, uh, I mean, he's got a great receiving core now. He's got a great running back, one of the top running backs in the league. So if they can't get it done, obviously that's all going to point to one person. It's going to be Jameis. Yeah. I mean, and the contract details is being reported that it's a $6 million deal for one year. So, um, again, that's kind of what you're going to get from Jarvis now, though, if you're contract-wise. I mean, he's entering his 12th year. He's not a spring chicken um, anymore. I mean, no. so, I mean, he's not going to get a five-year deal anymore. It's going to be those one- to two-year low-contract deals. Um, so, for $6 million, it's not a bad gig. I mean, especially um, if you're a guy that doesn't have to be the guy. I mean, honestly, if you're the Saints, you're hoping Jarvis is your third option, not your first or even second anymore. Right, right. And it was kind of su- of a surprise to me that he signed with the Saints because you know, we've been hearing here recently how you know, Baltimore was really interested in, in trying to get him. Uh, and then I, I heard um, shortly after the Browns had released him that he had taken a visit to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So. I was one, and and he did visit back with the Browns too around that time. So I was thinking, you know, if anything, it would have went Baltimore, Atlanta, and then back to Cleveland. But I mean, I'm not going to say the New Orleans thing came out of nowhere because I had heard a couple things, but it didn't seem like it was going to pan out to be anything. Um, but it it definitely did surprise me that he didn't end up with one of those three other teams. Yeah, I mean, especially if you look at Baltimore. I mean, that's a team that's has the quarterback that's prime to go, but then Jarvis like, well, they're a running team, kind of like what Hollywood uh, Hollywood Brown did. You know, he was like, well, they can't utilize me. So I mean, if yeah. he doesn't get utilized right, Jarv- Jarvis, as we're speaking of, 
Um, if he don't get utilized right, then that's going to hurt his contract for next year. Because if he's not, you know, his con- his stats last year in 12 games, 52 receptions, 570 yards, and two touchdowns. So, I mean, that's not a good stat line at all. So, if it, if he has another year like that, that $6 million might look like $4 million. Um, So, I can see yeah. he's going to the Saints, man. I don't have that first – I don't have to be the guy, but they're going to pass the ball more than, let's say, the, the Ravens are. Um, and Atlanta, as you know, they got Kyle Pitts, and then they got um, – they just went and got a uh, blanket on him. Um, um, oh, Drake London. Drake London. Yeah, they yes, got Drake, Drake London. London. So he's looking at that saying, well, I'm going to be third there, and their quarterback situation is suspect at best. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it would be a better fit in the long haul for Jarvis in New Orleans, especially if Jameis can throw – even what he did in Tampa Bay, even with the 30 interceptions, he still threw for 30 touchdowns. So I think that's going to be the best long-haul situation for Jarvis going forward. It very well could be. It very well could be. But let's get into the nitty-gritty here, Rayson. I mean, the schedule came out this past Thursday. Um, let me know. It's kind of funny how the schedule release has kind of panned out over the last, I don't know, about five years or so. I mean, it used to be they just dropped the, the schedule and you looked over the games. Now you have that whole big television thing on on the NFL Network. I mean, and when I mean, ten years ago, Raceland, if you were if you had to make if you were in a time machine, would you ever predict that we'd be having freaking leaks of the schedules leading up to it? Like simple something as simple as a schedule is starting to get leaked on social media and rumors and all that. Like it's just kind of crazy how the NFL schedule has transpired into what it is today. Well, and I, I think that's because uh, social media is more prevalent now than it's ever been with Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, whatever else. Uh, so it's not a surprise to me that I'm seeing these quote-unquote leaks because I, you and I were talking uh, about some of the leaks that were coming out and that turned out to now not be true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's – I don't know how much you can consider it – a, a when I look at leaks, and everyone else should do this if you don't, if it's a quote-unquote leak and it's not by a reputable source, take it with an absolute grain of salt. Now, it may come true. More than likely, it's probably not going to come true. Um, I know you and I talked about some of the Thanksgiving games that were leaked by a, a, an unreputable source, and I think he got only one of them right. I can't remember which one. Um some of the Christmas Day games had been leaked. I was looking at some of those. Uh, none of those were right. So, for me, until something is like official and it either comes from the NFL or a reputable source like Ian Rappaport, Bucky Brooks, it, until and until one of those guys breaks the news. I'm going to have to take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, you almost have to nowadays because everyone is trying to predict these things, and most of the time they are incorrect. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of crazy how I mean, it's just everything has to have a rumor to it now, especially with the the uh, the, the worldwide of social media. Um, yeah. But let's go ahead and dive in. I mean, you were talking about the Thanksgiving game, so let's go ahead and dive into those. Um, look, I mean. You have three games, your traditional three games. Um, the yep. Lions will be hosting Buffalo at 1230 that day, um, then followed by the Cowboys and Giants. Obviously, Dallas is hosting at 430. 
And then the New England Patriots will take the journey to Minnesota at, for the Thursday night game that day. Um, Raceland, I mean, we kind of talked about this off the air one day, and, and and really this applies to the Lions. I know that the Lions are traditional to have that game there on Thanksgiving, but it's almost getting to the point that they shouldn't until they earned it. Um, look, I mean, they're playing the Bills this Thanksgiving. Who in their right mind is going to pick Buffalo to lose that game in Detroit? In fact, that 12-30 game is going to be as to- – I mean, the Lions are going to get burnt so bad, they might as well be the Thanksgiving turkey that your grandma forgot she had in the oven. I mean, come on. The Bills are going to light them up. Josh Allen's going to have 300-plus yards passing. I mean, the defense probably going to hold them to 10 or less points. I mean, this game is going to be awful, right? It's, it's it, I mean, look, well, I don't if, know. If it, it could be a Thanksgiving miracle, but I think the Macy's Day Parade is going to be more entertaining than the back half of this game. You're probably right. Um, I mean, obviously, we're still going to watch it, but and we're going to watch. I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm going to try and catch every game. Um, it's, it's just to me that looking at these the slate of these Thanksgiving games, it, they don't look appealing. Like, I mean, yeah, none of them are the Cardinals, but that's that has nothing to do with it. Like you said, you look at Buffalo and and the Lions, it's going to be a blowout. You look at the Cowboys and the Giants, the Cowboys should win that one fairly easily. Uh, and then the, the most appealing one, it, even then, it's still not that great. you got the, the Patriots against the Vikings. I mean, you're seeing Mac Jones versus Kirk Cousins, which, I mean, it could turn out to be an interesting matchup. But to me, I don't think it is. I think the Vikings can go in there and they can beat the Patriots. No, I mean, I, the Vikings game, the Patriots and Vikings games might be the most intriguing game of that day, though. Because, yeah, the Vikings last year kind of stumbled, but they got a new head coach there, so maybe he can pull more out of Kirk Cousins. Um, and it's still a young quarterback in Mac Jones that, let's be very honest about it, they really didn't build much around him this offseason, so it's kind of a copy-paste team from last season for New England. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, they made the playoffs, but it wasn't like they were a barn burner team. They were still up and down, up and down. So I think Mac Jones will still progress a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be a huge jump like we could see from like a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, to name a couple. But I still think they're going to be good. But I don't think – I think I don't think – I can't sit here and say on, you know, May 14th that that ain't going to be a win for the Vikings. Like, it's going to be a toss-up game to where I'm pretty confident on May 14th, 20th, you know, months and months ahead of this game between the Giants, Cowboys, Bills, Lions, I'm going to take the Cowboys over the Giants, and I'm going to take the Bills over the Lions. And, yeah. and and the reason being is, one, the Lions, yeah, they improved. I mean, we talk about them being some of the winners of the first round and even the draft in total with, you know, the guys they were able to acquire, Hayden Hutchinson, Jamison Williams, just to name a couple. But you're still going against the team that arguably should have been in the AFC Championship game. I mean, literally, the overtime rule got changed because of that game last year. Like, exactly. quite literally. Um, yes. And they're going to be on a war path, uh, you know, a rampage, in order to avenge that Ooh. loss this whole season. And you're talking about th- November, right? Late November, last th- weekend, November, uh, fourth Thursday of November. That's when, that's when you push for a playoff seeding, too. So, and Buffalo is going to have to make some moves, especially knowing that the Giants, I mean, the Patriots are going to be playing later that night. That could be a must-win for Buffalo, and that speaks bad news for Detroit. It does. It does. Now, when you get to that point in the season, I, I don't know um, if Buffalo is going to necessarily have to worry about New England when it comes to winning the AFC East. Um, but it, it very well could. I mean, we, we, we could see the Patriots 
come out and be great. I don't think it'll happen, but that just means Mac Jones needs to take that next big step. That means that that means that Bill Belichick is going to have to pull something out of his magical hat and find a way to get this team into that position. I just don't see it happening. No, and I don't mean. I again, I think that when you when you look at that slate, you circle the last one. I mean, we're all yes. going to watch the first one, but by halftime, we're like, all right, I'm going to go see what's on the dessert plate. Um, let me go talk to my Uncle Joe. Let me go talk to my Grandma Nancy because um, this game's over. And then you could probably sit back down for a little bit for the Cowboys-Giants game, which might be close because it's the Cowboys and Thanksgiving. They like to stumble a little bit then. Every they do. Then. They do. But, I mean, they when do. it comes to the overall thing, dude, it, it's it, – I don't know. It, it's – it's not an int- like again. I kind of get why the lines are there because of tradition, but man, at what some point though? When do you have to start earning the right to be on those games? Like I get it, the Cowboys. That is, it used to be the you know the Commanders, formerly known as the Redskins, and the football team. I guess you have to say now, used to be Washington and Dallas. You know that used to be the tradition on Thanksgiving. Well, Dallas has been the marquee game for I me, mean, and plus they. It's America's team in quotations. We can argue whether or not they are or not, but we'll say for this argument, it is. It draws the ratings. They have that big halftime show for, you know, I kind of get the Cowboys are there. Their games are usually entertaining on Thanksgiving. But when you look at the Lions, they've only won 37 Thanksgiving games out of like 90 attempts, Rachel. And I think I saw yeah. a stat they're 37 43 and 2. Like, I mean, what have they done to earn this stay in that right? Uh, they haven't earned anything, obviously, if we're going to be honest. But it's tradition. The NFL, obviously, like they like to keep as much tradition as possible. And with everything changing the way it is with the rules um, and, well, outside the rules, uh, it's it, you're guaranteed a Lions game on Thanksgiving. I mean, I get that, but why? Like, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, I get it. You want to keep some tradition because, to be honest, in the NFL, you don't really have a lot of traditions. I get that aspect of it. But what if – let me throw something at you, Rayson. What if that was the Bills versus – what if that – what if that was like the Bills and Chiefs? Just throw it out there. That rating for that game is going to blow the rating out of the water that you're going to get from the Bills and Lions. Well, sure, sure. Now, obviously, there's still going to be great ratings because it's Thanksgiving. You know, you sit down, eat your meal, and watch football. But I agree. Like, if it was the Bills and the Chiefs or if it was the Bills and the Buccaneers, it'd be a great game. Like, they they would have more ratings. Or, I don't know, maybe you have the Bills. Like, what if you had the Bills and, let's see, I'm just looking, Bills and Packers, dude. Like, October, they're scheduled to play on the 30th of October. But what if you have that on Thanksgiving? I mean, like, there's more competitive games. And if you have to have the Lions, all right, let's say you, I mean, let's say for the traditionalists out there, which not knocking on it because, like, we, like, you know, you and I just said, they don't have a lot of tradition in the National Football League. But for this argument, let's say, let's say they do keep it with the Lions, make it a more competitive matchup. Yeah. Like, because if it's 35 to, what if it's 20 to 10? Let let the Lions play the Bears. Let the Lions play. I'm sorry, but the Jaguars. Let 
let the Lions play, let them play New England. I mean, it'd be a better matchup than watching a blowout versus the Bills. So I'm looking at the Lions schedule now. So I'm looking at their home opponents. So let's see. I don't know. Here's one for you, Raceland. The Lions and Dolphins. The Dolphins are, because we don't know what the quarterback situation is in Miami. It's still up in the air with Tua. And it's still a team that has a pretty good fan base that has been with them since, the, you know, for a very long time. So, and, and with the addition now of Tyreek Hill, that would only help Miami more. Correct. I mean, so I think, and the Bills are still better than Miami right now on paper. So maybe you insert Miami there. And you might get a more competitive matchup and still have two teams with a good fan base and you still get your rating. Yeah. Because I hear, I hear you on the Jaguar one, but, I mean, let, let's be quite frank here. Um, what if the Jaguars are three and whatever it is at this point and the Lions won three games? The rating's going to be stinky. Like, I don't know. I, right, like, right, 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 right. But, but you, you were talking about the competitive matchup, the competitive aspect. Yeah. Now, the ratings wouldn't be great. That's why it would still be a 12-30 game. But, again, go, you, you said competition, a competitive game. That would be a competitive game. And, and yeah, it would. Um, I just, again, I mean, I just don't, man. I, I get, like, it's, I'm kind of torn because I see the traditional aspect of it. But then I look on the other hand, it's like, it seems like the Lions never win on Thanksgiving. Like, they never it's, win. Will, based on the stats, it doesn't seem like they do. No, and and then you're putting them against the Buffalo Bills, who might be the best team in the conference this year with everything that transpired on the offseason. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm being dead serious. That game might be done before the turkey's even served. It may very well be. It may very well be. But let's and so let's move on to the next holiday slate, and that would be Christmas Day. Um, so the way that the way the NFL has set the schedules up, if it's not a Christmas Day game, you either play on the you would probably play on the twenty fourth. So it'd be yes. the twenty fourth of Christmas Eve, or even the twenty sixth on the the day after. So kind of like it was back in twenty sixteen, Raceland, where it was a lot of Saturday games on Christmas yes. Day, on Christmas yes, Day Christmas. weekend. Christmas Christmas this year is on Sunday. Yeah. So the Christmas Day games are as follows. Green Bay will take the hike to sunny South Florida, so the Green Bay Packers will be sunbathing rather than being in a blizzard. Um, that game will be 1 o'clock. And then the Las Vegas Raiders will host. Okay, hang on. Go back. Who were they playing? Because you didn't say which team in Florida. Miami. I said <laughs> take a sunny trip to South Florida. There's only one team in South you, Florida. You just said the, the, sunny, the sunny trip to Florida. There's only one team in South Florida. You didn't say South. You said Florida. I said South Florida. I'll pull it up on the recording and I'll show it to you. And you can be. Uh, I'm not worried about it, but All still. Right. All right. Well, they'll be taking the trip to Miami, which technically is the only team in South Florida because I don't know if you can count Tampa Bay as South Florida. That's more like Central-ish Florida, right? Um, uh, and if people, if people, if people aren't um, geographically. Um, I don't know what this. If if they're not geographically educated for Florida, they're not going to know exactly where some of these places are at. Well, hold on. First off, that's not true either because University University of South Florida literally is in Tampa. 
Yeah, exactly. They play in Raymond James, which I don't know if you knew that. Or not. They play in Raymond James Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is not a, a geography class because, quite frankly, I didn't even have geography class. So let's move along to the things that does matter other than me and you bickering at one another about geography. <laughs> and that's Green Bay take, going <laughs> taking the trip to Miami for a 1 o'clock matchup on Christmas Day. Um, Raceland, again, we were talking about Miami and Detroit earlier, but if Miami lives up to the potential that everyone is kind of building them around, especially if Tua is able to make that next step, that will be one hell of a matchup at 1 o'clock. It will be because obviously Green Bay's offense, we're going to have to wait and see what Christian Watson's all about at receiver. But outside of him, the next best receiver for Aaron Rodgers is, what, Valdez Scantling? Uh, or it was Ellen went. I want to say Scantling went to the Chiefs race one. Yeah, he did. He did. So, he did. yeah. So, it's Ellen Lazard. That just shows you how much I these guys don't matter to me. Well, Lazard was a really good number three option, right? So, it's going to be interesting to see how he can make the jump to the two. Um, Again, Christian right. Watson is the number one guy as a rookie. And, let's, and he has all the skills you would see as a rookie. That well, he has all the skills you want to see to be the number one, but we have to see if he can live up to that. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, but then on the flip side though, is two the big question mark in that game? It's not even the Green Bay receiving core. It's in the whole season, in a matter of fact, and that's Tua. I mean, you saw the, yes. the we all seen right. Everyone in their moms and the moms' moms and the moms' moms' great grandma has seen the video of Tua throwing that duck of a pass that literally lost steam kind of like my drive on the golf course started fluttering around a few things and then Tyreek there's kind of waiting there um like a punt so if that's the two we're going to see in the off and again it's they're trying to get the timing and stuff down right but again the thing with Tua has always been he doesn't have the strength to throw the ball down the field and that's not a good sign if you're a Dolphins fan because now you're saying putting your head hand to your head saying oh not this again yeah well, so I, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Tyreek Hill put a video up um, that just said, it's practice, calm down. And in the video he, he put on there, um, it showed Tua making great throws to him and to other receivers. Well, and, 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 to, and to your point, it is practice. It was one video. But the problem yeah. is, is everybody looks good in practice. For the most part. I mean, Blake Bortles even had good practices every once in a while. But he also yeah. had a, he also had a day where he threw like five to seven interceptions and the world was falling down. And if you believe it or not, that happened in 2017 where they went to the AFC Championship game. So yeah. maybe, it, maybe it's nothing, but it can be something. It's one of those to where we won't know whether it's something or nothing until, you know, week one of the NFL season. So the pads are on, yes. Yeah. So let's move on to the 4.30 game on Christmas Day, and that's the Denver Broncos going to Las Vegas. No. Are they playing the Chargers? I done messed up. You done messed up. Hold, please. Hold, please. We are taking a short break for intermission because <laughs> James is, uh, can't figure out what, what game is playing where and who's playing who. Well, my dumb self put LAV like it's going to help me any. Ding dong. All right, all right, hold on. The intermission's almost over. My brain's starting to work. This would be a great time for a pee break, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, good thing I did look it up because it's not the Vegas. The Vegas. Wow. Do, do we need to restart the entire podcast? 
<laughs> I mean, it's not the Vegas Raiders, okay? Pardon how, how me. Much did, how much did you drink on the golf course today, sir? Apparently not enough. Um, they're going to <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be playing the the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, at four thirty on Christmas. Um, hopefully for Christmas, Santa's brings me a spelling catalog so I can refine my spelling stuff and and my uh, <laughs> memory. So, um, so yeah. So Denver and the Raiders, not Raiders. Yeah, the Rams. Oh, my Good, goodness, I hate. eleven, James. <laughs> I'm changing this the right now. The Rams. <laughs> I'm changing Christmas Day. Rams. Look at that. I'll never mess it up again. So let's hope not. The Rams are playing the Broncos, and the Broncos are playing the Rams. All there right. you go. So, I think Dak has the potential to be a really good game, though, all kidding aside. The Rams, I think the Rams, though, might take a step back this year because they didn't really do anything to improve their roster. I mean, they pretty much have status quo people coming in. They didn't have a very good draft capital um, because they gave away everything the last four years. So, Denver helped us cause with Russell Wilson. Now, Raceland, unfortunately, the news came out about Jerry Judy. We don't know what's going to happen in that legal stature, but so we'll have to wait and see what that happens with that. But so I, I saw, I was looking last night, this morning. I think it was last night, um, Friday. It was Friday night, yeah. Uh, that his his girlfriend is asking for the charges to be dropped. I, I don't know if you if you looked into it or not, but um, I'm just going to give a brief explanation, of kind of what happened. So. Jerry Judy and his girlfriend have a child, uh, a young infant, and Jerry Judy locked a bunch of baby stuff in his car because his girlfriend took one of his three phones. I don't know why you need three for. Uh, he took one of his three phones, and apparently he had stuff on there he didn't want her to see. Um, so he retaliated, locked all the baby stuff in the car so she couldn't get to it. Um, and so then he was arrested. Yeah, I mean it. I did read a little bit into it. It kind of seemed, um, I don't know. Like it, it the, un, the situation was unfortunate. Um, yes. so I mean, it seems like they both realized they were both in the wrong. That she's asking for the charges to be dropped. Um, again, it, that it's still. I mean, well, who knows what happened? We'll have to wait and see how it unfolds. But yeah, it was kind of a weird, awkward situation. Kind of like, kind of almost felt like a high school thing, right? I mean, yeah. Like, but hopefully, it's just drama stuff. Yeah, it, it is drama, and, and it could have been handled differently. I'm sure. So I'm hoping for both parties involved that everyone learns, um, and especially for I'm sure there's people that jump to conclusions on why he got arrested too. So hopefully, everyone can learn a lesson, and hopefully, everyone. And you know, the good thing about this race one is, huh. nobody was hurt at the time. They exactly. no one was hurt, and no one no it ain't like you know no one was injured. No, it's no long term effects. So that's the the bright spot in all this, and hopefully they can all put this in the rearview mirror, be better, and move on. So let's talk. Get back to the gridiron, and let's go to the last game of the night for Christmas Day, and that'll be Tampa Bay taking on Arizona, your team on Christmas night. Uh, man, so is Santa going to bring you a good gift or a bad gift, Raceman? Because uh, there's two options. You got the W and the L, and um, man. Um, one thing about Santa Claus is he kind of treated you dirty this year because he gave you the Buccaneers. Well, he gave us the Colts last year, uh, and apparently I was a bad boy last year, so we got we didn't get the win against the Colts. Um, it was just a bad game all around for the Cardinals last year. Uh, this year, we'll have to wait and see. 
Uh, I'm going to have to try and be a good boy this year so uh, Santa Claus can can bring me the win and uh, maybe a, uh, a geography map of, of Florida. Well, well, basically, if you want the geography map, then uh, while you're up there, ask Santa to give me a spelling book or dictionary, would you? Um, I'm not asking Santa Claus to get you anything. You've got to be a good boy. He'll bring it to you. Well, I mean, I can't promise you anything. I, I you know, you know how I am. Yeah, Sometimes I, I, it, either. Well, I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if the Cardinals can get the win here. It just depends on how the team plays out, how the defense plays uh, up to what. I'm not. I'm going to be honest. They're, they don't look good this year. Uh, obviously, with the loss of Chandler Jones, their their drafting was okay. They picked up. I want to say Jeff Gladney, if I'm not mistaken, is his name. Yes, uh, from the um, the Vikings. So, I mean, they've added a few pieces, but the one big issue for the Cardinals right now is still defensive interior on that offense on that defensive line because they didn't really touch that much at all. And the biggest downfall for the Cardinals over the past couple seasons has been run defense, and they can't seem to get it under control um they drafted my sanders they drafted cameron thomas to edge rushers mm -hmm. so i don't know what's going to go on there uh it seems like one's going to probably it, it sounds like cameron thomas may end up being the starter and my sanders maybe playing uh cover back possibly and then if if need be uh, either one of them can be an insurance policy for jj watt because it's we've, we've seen over the past six seasons or so that he can't play a full 16, 17 game schedule because he's getting hurt. So mm -hmm. um, if they drafted for that, I'm all for it. You know, obviously there are some other key needs that they, that could have been addressed, but, uh, and then that offense, uh, I mean, by then the Cardinals will have DeAndre Hopkins back from his six game suspension. Um, it will see, have to have, we'll have to see how Hollywood Brown plays out. Can Rondell Moore stay healthy, and can he take the next step um, coming off of his rookie season? He did fairly well last year, so hopefully they can get him uh, the ball a little bit more, get him a few more packages. The loss of Chase Edmonds this year is going to be um, hopefully not too big of a blow because obviously the, re the retaining of James Conner and then the drafting of uh, the running back from USC, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but... I don't know. It, even with all of that, I don't know if it'll be enough to beat the uh, Buccaneers. Well, you know, if you want a surefire win against the Buccaneers, Rayson, you know what you got to do. Deflate footballs? Well, no. That's if you want to beat the Colts in the playoffs in the AFC Divisional Round. Um, oh. So, if you want to win against the Buccaneers, you got to come to my house. And then we're going to hop in the car. We're gonna make sure you wear your cardinal stuff, and if you really want some extra luck, and you might want to wear your Sunday dress, um, your Sunday dress up there with your tux and all that. And then we're gonna drive down to the mall, and we're gonna go wait in line to go see Santa Claus. And then I'm gonna put you on Santa Claus' lap, and you better ask extra nicely for your win and your geography book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. If we had to do it, you know, Christmas story style, we will. And if the Santa Claus is a jerk like the Santa Claus of the Christmas story, then you might be shit out of luck. I probably will be. Uh, he'll probably be like, he'll he'll say something along the lines of, 
um, instead of you'll shoot your eye out, uh, <laughs> your your team's going to suck and then kick me down the slide. Of all places to kick the kid down the slide, too, he put his foot to the forehead. I know he did. <laughs> I know he did. I mean, the poor kid, a couple kids in front of him, if you remember the movie correctly, Rachel, and I know you hate Christmas movies, but he literally put the kid on the Santa's lap and they screamed at each other and he threw him down the slide. <laughs> I, I, You and I talked about um, when we get older, we're going to be – I'm going to be the mall Santa and you're going to be my elf and we're going to be the, like the, uh, the Santa and the elf from uh, bad Santa. Uh, so I'm going to take that and combine it with the Santa from a Christmas story. And that's going to be my type of Santa. That's my dream Santa, dude. If I was yes. like a mall, so, like so, if I had to so, be a mall yeah. elf, I'd be, I would, I would model my, my elf after those two, not the Will Ferrell elf, but those two. No. No, so if you so in let's say 40 50 years if you're in the Ohio area uh don't come to me as Santa because I'm going to be rude to your children and I'll probably be drunk. <laughs> and my job as the elf is to make sure you take the beer from the bomb. But but yes. let's move on to the next thing on the slate and that's you know, the overall schedule race, we kind of hit the prime time, the holidays games on Christmas and Thanksgiving. But let's go, yeah. let's do an overview here. So one thing I asked of you, Raceland, is what game stood out to you? You know, as you're reading through the schedule thing Thursday night, for me it was Friday morning, um, you're reading through the schedule and schedule. I mean, what? let's go with three games. What three games stood out to you? So. Um... The three games that stood out to me, uh, you look at week four, you see Chiefs at Buccaneers, you see Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl rematch. Um, I mean, you got Tom Brady, who's the greatest quarterback of all time, going up against a young superstar in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, this game is going to be extremely entertaining. Uh, game number two that interested me, um, it, it's got to be... Uh, so there are a couple Packers games, but the Packers could end up being, you know, not great this year. I, if anything, I wouldn't be surprised to see they don't even win the the NFC North because um, that division just very well could be bad in general. Um, but still, it's Aaron Rodgers. He, he'll he find a way to win games. Um, so based on that, I'm going to say the, the Packers and the Buccaneers, um, you got – Again, Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, um, going up against Aaron Rodgers, who we, we're going to have to see what he does without any weapons. Um, we saw what he could do with just one weapon. They're going to have to rely now more on probably the run game with Aaron Jones. So, yeah, the the, the, the Buccaneers and, and Packers game, that, that's going to be a good one. Obviously, Brady and Rodgers have a great history together. Uh, they, they've played each other countless times, and it's it's always a great game. So I'm going to say Packers-Buccaneers for the number two. And then my number one game that I'm excited to watch this year, uh, it's week one, Bills at Rams, uh, a game that very well could have been the, the Super Bowl this year, this past season, and a, a game that very well could be a preview of the Super Bowl this year. Um, 
it's great, great opener to the season. It's one that I'm looking at it like, you know, let's hope Buffalo can go in and Josh Allen can go in and give the Rams an 0-1 start to the season. That would be tremendous in my eyes, obviously, as a Cardinals fan. So, I mean, it, that that's going to be, in my opinion, probably the best game of the year. Man, you think you were starting off the year with a banger. So, um, the interesting part about this exercise, Rayson, was because you kind of went on it from the on-the-field stuff of what games you're looking forward to the most or stood out to you. I went storyline-wise going into the game itself. Um, you okay. know, for example, my honorable mention there at four would be Mike McCarthy going back to Lambeau with Dallas travels to Green Bay. Um, I don't really get to speculate. A lot of the, you know, the ESPN talk shows are like, well, if Mike McCarthy don't get to a hot start, he might be shown the door because Sean Payton's available. Well, newsflash, guys, Sean Payton just can't be brought in midseason. He's going to let Mike McCarthy at least get through, you know, November, I mean, maybe like two or three weeks into December. I'd be absolutely stunned if uh, Mike McCarthy gets let go before then, unless they go 0-10, you know, 0-7 out of the gate. Um, But – so there's my honorable mention. My week, my th- number three game is week 13 when Cleveland t- travels to Houston. Now, I get it. If Deshaun Watson, this is all if Deshaun Watson plays, right? Right now, we have to go as such because there has been no word on, from the league office whether he's going to be suspended or not. So if this, I get it. It will probably be a blowout in that game. This That's why I preface storylines going into the game. Yes. But – Week 13, Cleveland going to Houston. First game for Deshaun Watson in Houston. Um, We all know how that went down. I'm sure Houston's fan base is not going to be happy to see him there. Um, Or maybe they'll shock us and they are happy because they kind of see what Deshaun was saying. But I'm going to go on the verge edge on the on the I'm going to go on the limb and say they're not going to be happy to see Deshaun Watson in, in Houston not wearing a Texan uniform. No, not at all. So. I'm interested to see the reaction, I guess. I mean, what is the reaction from Houston's fans going to be? Because whatever their fan base reacts tells a lot about what, what the situation really is when it comes to the you know the whole Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson not wanting to stick around. Because if yeah. Houston fan base cheers them, maybe like, man, they were even fed up with the Bill O'Brien. They were fed up the way, the way that the organization was being handled at the time. If they boo right. them, they were probably still fed up with Bill O'Brien, but they didn't like the way that Sean wanted – the way he took out, um, you know, sitting out, not playing the whole year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out um, in Houston week 13. It's a 1 o'clock kick, by the way, so it's not a primetime yeah. game, which nor should be. Um, right. So I, I want to touch on that real quick. Um, the only way I think the, the Texans boo the Browns out of the building is if Deshaun doesn't play. Because they're not going to obviously cheer for the Browns if Deshaun doesn't play. Now, I think they're going to end up booing Deshaun Watson anyways as it is, um, whether he plays or not. But like you said, again, it all depends on how long he's suspended for and eventually when he does get suspended. Yeah, I mean, if, well, if he doesn't play, then the Houston fans are going to cheer because that means they have more chance to win the ball game because Kobe Brissett's going to be in uniform and not Deshaun Watson. Well, and so what I mean by they're going to boo the Browns is because um, obviously the Browns took their quarterback, the quarterback that was supposed to lead them to an eventual Super Bowl. Uh, he, he, they took their franchise quarterback away from them 
and gave him so much money. And now that they're saying that he wants to go play on a historically bad team in Cleveland, why wouldn't he want to stick it out with a, a team here in Houston? Well, I think because of the way Houston was ran, that's why I'm kind of interested to see what the fan base reaction is. Because Deshaun Watson, man, he had everything. He had DeAndre Hopkins. He had a really good defense. He had a pretty decent O-line. They were making the playoffs consecutively. And what happens? Bill O'Brien thinks he's the smartest guy on on planet Earth. He trades Deshaun Watson, who's a top-tier, top-three receiver in the league at the time, for not a first-round pick, for a second-round pick. Pretty much gave him away for a bag of chips and a Subway sandwich. And yeah. and then he goes to Arizona. And when he's on the field, Arizona has, didn't lose a game last year for the most part. I mean, when he it was when he got hurt, they started struggling. But early on, when the Andre Hopkins was healthy, that team was looked unbeatable for the longest they time. Part, they, they, they were 7-0. and Like, they were, at one point, top of the NFL rankings because they were undefeated and everyone else had at least one loss. Exactly. So – I mean, so you look at that from a Texas standpoint, and why? I mean, then you're like, okay, but I think they're going to boo Deshaun Watson because of the way he handled it. Because I know I from a Jaguar perspective, I mean, the closest thing I can can equate it to is the Jalen Ramsey situation when he sat out and he and he pretty he played the first game, second game, and I think he made it to that Thursday night game in 2019. And Thursday night yeah. was like his last game, and then he faked the back injury. Well, he has been accused of faking the back injury. I'm not going to accuse him because I don't really know. Um, didn't didn't that back quote unquote back injury happen during the, that Thursday night game, and then he left? Well, it depends what you read, but I mean the whole back thing. I mean he held out because he was injured, and. But then when he went to the Rams, he automatically became healed and started playing. So well, I think and, that's why people accused him of the back injury. But in retrospect, well, and, and Ramsey was see, right. The organization was ran like a shit show. Well, and you see that a lot more now because I'm pretty sure A.J. Green did that same stuff in Cincinnati because now all of a sudden uh, his first season in Arizona last year, he was healthy and he was fine. And I think you're seeing it again with Mike Thomas and the Saints. Now, I – now maybe Mike Thomas comes back that he sees that he's got uh, um, a fellow Ohio State wide receiver there. He's got Jarvis Landry now. I think all of a sudden you mir- miraculously see he's healthy. Well, my problem is though now now you're comparing apples to oranges because the Jalen Ramsey situation was because he didn't get paid. I mean, if you remember the Jalen Ramsey situation, he literally showed up to training camp. And a freaking Brinks truck because it was his contract. Well, he was entering, you know, his, I think his third or fourth year. Let's see, he was drafted in 16, that was 19, 17, 18. So, yeah, I mean, he was entering his third or fourth, about his third year. So, so when that happened, he wanted to get paid. Right. But then they didn't pay him. And they didn't seem like they were going to pay him what he wanted. And then the whole Tom Coughlin thing went to shambles. I mean, everything went to shambles, man. I mean, well, and then, yeah, it just didn't go well. And right. so then he wants to leave and he gets out. So, but if you look at it from that perspective, and, and now we have the, the luxury of uh, hindsight, Ramsey was kind of right because the way that things were ran well, in that yeah. building and, act- and even to the day wasn't really great. And he kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, so, yeah, am I upset that Jalen Ramsey's not a Jaguar? For sure. 
Um, do I dislike him as much as I did back when he did his stuff now? No, because I kind of get it. Like, yeah. he saw the writing on the wall. So, yeah, I'm, I'm displeasured by it, but it's not the same displeasure like I had back in the moment. But so right. I'm kind of wondering to tie it back all together. What's Deshaun Watson going to do? Like not Deshaun Watson, but what's the Texans fans going to do when Deshaun Watson steps back in the in the, in the field? Because he got the money, he yeah, and he and he and he still played. I mean, and they won they won four games that year, and then he sits out. So it's not like he didn't get paid, and then they they took everything away from him. He got the money, and you could argue the reason they had to get rid of DeAndre to try to play devil's advocate is because. They paid him all that money. It's kind of the same thing with yeah. Patrick Holmes and Tyree Kill. Well, so and I and I want to touch on that real quick too. Of yeah, they they traded away Deshaun Hopkins because of his contract. But if you look at what they traded for, they traded for um, David Johnson from, from the Cardinals, the running back. Yeah, and David Johnson was owed. I think it was five hundred thousand dollars more that season than DeAndre Hopkins was. Yeah, but long so, term it was. Long term it was steep. Yeah, well, well. So with Hopkins, when when he uh, joined the Cardinals, they they re-signed him or they they, they gave him an extension, and to where he would get paid so much money for I think the first two or three seasons, and then it would start to decrease. So I don't know why Houston couldn't have done that as opposed to trading him away and receiving David Johnson, who was supposed to be paid more. Now, again, not only that season, but the next season after, because I think it was going to be a million more than what Hopkins was supposed to be paid in the next season. He's not even in Houston anymore. No. He's a free agent. Well, but but, but the, to, to put it, Another piece of the puzzle, uh, well, I guess add another piece of the puzzle that no one can seem to figure out, is when David Johnson was traded from uh, Arizona, David Johnson, remember his rookie year was a one of the standouts that year. Oh, David Johnson's first couple of seasons yeah. in Arizona was great. But I then, love David Johnson. He was one of my favorite players on the team. Yeah, but then didn't he have an injury? And then after the injury, I think it was like a, a – it was on his arm, it, wasn't it? It was an arm he, he did get injured, and his, his production did lower a little bit, but he was still a great running back. Yeah, then he then he kind of fell off when he got traded. But he Houston. fell off when he because he didn't he didn't fit that Houston or um, playbook. He didn't fit that scheme. Yeah, so to tie the knot on the Week Thirteen matchup, that my number three on the list. I mean, I guess my whole intriguement of that is how is Houston fans going to react to that to Deshaun Watson coming back? And and if, if the Texans somehow beat the Browns, yeah, that's another story on its own. And if by the Texans week, beat by the week, Browns, we're gonna have a lot of pissed off Browns fans. Yeah, so I guess there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle that can make for an intriguing storyline going in and even exiting yeah. coming out. Because what if the Browns clinch a playoff spot? Let's say they were like, you know, nine and two at that point, and they clinch a playoff berth because the rest of the AFC stinks. I mean, now I'm not saying that AFC stinks. I'm not saying that, but what if they're able to either clinch a wild card or something, you know, that week? That would be another piece of that puzzle. 
Now, unlikely, right? We all know that's unlikely because it's 17 games. There's four more games yeah. after that. But just yeah. making stuff up, I mean, there's a lot of pieces that could make for an intriguing story. So moving on to my number two game race, and I got the Indianapolis Colts taking the journey to Jacksonville, Jim Irsay's personal nightmare um, after last year's Week 18 <laughs> game. And honestly, racing, I took all biasy out of my list, but this is a legit nationwide thing. Can the yeah. Colts shake off the Jaguars' embarrassment last year? They were so embarrassed. Jim Ursay and the Colts were so embarrassed, Raceland. They literally took Carson Wentz after they gave a first rounder that for this draft, because of the, because of the way the, the hey, how many snaps he took, just said, you know what? We're so embarrassed. We're going to give you away for like a third rounder to Washington. And we're yeah. going to bring in another veteran in the name of Matt Ryan from Atlanta. And we're going to see if he can do any better. So, Imagine Raceland. I mean, they haven't won a game in Jacksonville since 2013. Eight in a yeah. row. So if they go in this year and they make it nine in a row, Jim Ursay might just he might bench everybody. I don't know if jobs would be safe. I mean, he is so in he you hear him on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, he's literally still to this very day traumatized by that he says it's one of the most embarrassing days he's ever had as an owner of the of the organization yeah. so if he's still embarrassed by that because the jaguars in clown town beat them on week 18 costing the playoffs <laughs> then if i'm a jaguar fan i'm wearing clown costumes not because of the jaguars organization because i think they did really well this offseason but i'm wearing the yeah. clown costumes because maybe it's something with the voodoo with the colts maybe they're afraid of clowns we can have a Here's one. Here's one, Shotcon. I got a great idea. You can only slip me $1,000 if you use my idea. I'll, I'll gladly accept. Um, week two, the theming of the event, Colts Jaguars, theme day, Killer Clowns in Duval Town. And the Killer Clowns as like the mascot for the Killer Clowns of Outer Space, but then you put them in teal. And then you put on each of the jerseys the score of the Week 18 game last year. And then maybe Jim Irsay so horrified. And then the Colts are so horrified, they lay an egg this on Week 2 instead of Week 18. That's a great idea. <laughs> oh, see, I, that, I, I love the idea, but I think that would just give the Colts even more uh, of what, – what's the word I'm looking for? It'll give the Colts more of a uh, a reason to beat the Jaguars this time around. I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm I'm being dead honest here. If a playoff spot on the line is enough motivation to get your butt in gear and beat the Jaguars, who are two win football club, I don't think the clown, the killer clowns from Duval Town, is going to make any difference. <laughs> because the reason I'm calling them killer clowns is they killed your hope and dreams last year, and they're going to kill your hopes and dreams of a good start this year too if they beat they you in week two. They very well could. Man, that's a great idea. Shotcon, man, if you only listen to that one. <laughs> Make, All right. Put a, what, what, no, even better. No, it'd be even better. Oh. It's like, you know where the um <laughs> the practice facility is right there by Daly's place? Yeah. Now it's like that big open area. Yes. Put a photo op. It's one of those old-fashioned circus tents. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's a great idea. Get the uh, get the uh, um, locker room attendants to uh, before the Colts get there. Put uh, red clown noses in each, in everyone's locker. 
I was thinking more of the uh, not clown noses, but the, the those weird shaped uh, mirrors that make you look all curvy. Mm-hmm. Or even the ones that make you look fat instead of skinny, or the skinny and the fat ones. Yeah. They have one of those. Speaking of that, they have one of those in like the Simpsons ride at Orlando. Yeah. I I stood in that thing, dude. They put like forty five pounds on me. Oh my. I know they do some work. But enough of <laughs> enough of Clown Town. Um although I think that's a great idea that they should adopt. I mean I mean, come on. Look at the merchandise you can do. You go and pay for the merchandise. if you have to pay a licensing fee to kill a clown from out of space, I think it's a uh, you know, a penny in a big bucket. You know, because I mean it's probably what, a couple thousand to use that, maybe twenty grand to use the licensing for that event. I don't know. I mean, think about it. If it's like 10000 to use that moniker for the event, that way you can use the word killer clowns in Duval Town instead of kill clowns from outer space. And then you charge. And then look at the the amount of merchandise you'd sell at the gate. If you have, you know, the Jaguars and teal uniforms and, you know, and put a slogan on there, Colt's Worst Nightmare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then, I mean, then look at the, the social media posts you're going to get when, you know, people are dri- driving over the bridges and they see a big clown cir- circus tent up there. <laughs> and then, you know what? and then if you literally, if they beat the Colts again, the best part about it is Jim Irsay is going to take his sad behind self, you know, all sad from losing to the Jaguars again. He's going to go on the Pat McAfee show and he's going to be like, Pat, I'm so embarrassed they had to double down on it, and they put an actual tent in front of the stadium this time, and they still couldn't beat them. The, the, so uh, another two things, and then I'll wrap my part up. Uh, another two things is you have Jackson DeVille wearing a clown costume, <laughs> and then uh, when, <laughs> you, it, it's going to require quite a bit of money for this one, but uh, have Shad Khan buy a uh, a, a uh, clown blimp and just fly it over the stadium while the game's going on. <laughs> 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 Put the whole cheerleading crew in the clown costumes. <laughs> you, you people go in thinking, "Is it Halloween already?" I mean, instead of Jackson Deville leading the the Jags on the field, it's just a a whole a car full of clowns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get the the clowns riding in on the uh, um, medical cart. <laughs> Dude, that would be dude, like it's a thing. It'd be hilarious because it's not poking fun at yourself this time. It's poking fun at them because of what they've been saying. Exactly. I mean, the whole Jacksonville thing, though. When you brought up the point of him wearing a clown, a clown nose, and clown makeup, and all that, it just made me think about a time when Je- the Sam Darnold said he was seeing ghosts against the Patriots, and then he came down to Jacksonville, and Jacksonville jumped off in the in, in a sheet, uh, representing yeah. a ghost. Yeah. I mean, come on. It, it, certain things you got to capitalize on. I think Jim Ursay running his, his trap all offseason about how embarrassing that game was and the actions they took after that embarrassment, you have to poke fun at that, especially this early in the year. I think Jacksonville will do that. If they if they won't, I am. I'm going to be wearing a clown nose for that game. And, <laughs> and before everyone freaks out, it's not because of the organization of the Jaguars this time. 
It's because of the fact that it's too funny not to do it because of Jim Irsay and what he's been saying about Jaguars. Because newsflash, Pat McAfee and, and Jim Irsay, your Colts team hasn't beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville since 2013. Yeah. And even before then, I believe in 2010 we beat you. 2012, I know for a fact we beat you because I was there for that one. No, that was 2011. Sorry, 2011 we beat you. I know for a fact we did. Yeah. So one time in like 11 or 12 tries? That's enough. That's enough rough. That. Yeah. That's rough. Anyway, what's your number one game? My number one, my number one also comes in week one, and that's the Denver Broncos taking the road trip to Seattle. It's a Monday night game, 8-15 kick. Obvious storyline is Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. Now, we know for a fact he's going to be welcomed in open arms in Seattle. There is no doubt about it. But I think just the magnitude of it's week one. Now, if this was like week eight, nine, even ten, I don't know if this is much of a storyline because – there wasn't really animosity between the two organizations. Um, yeah. They, and, and I know for a fact the fan base is going to react really well to Russell Wilson. But I, th- I think the fact of it's week one. It's your start of the season. And if Seattle beats you and you go to 0-1 as your first start in Denver, I think it's an easy shakeoff. But I think that's what makes this matchup so intriguing is the fact that they say, you know what, we got to use this week one. We have to. So, I think I'm really excited to see the new look Broncos with Russell Wilson. It's going to be really weird seeing him in a Bronco uniform, but I am very excited for that matchup on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It'll be a good one, maybe. That is, unless Russell Wilson and the Broncos just absolutely demolish the Seahawks, which they very well could. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it can be one of those games to where it could go either way. But I think it's really – if you're Drew Locke, man, look at the – because it looks like all signs are pointing to Drew Locke as a starter. And if yes. that's the case, the magnitude of that first start for you in the Seahawks uniform. Because not only is your first start on Monday night in front of the 12th man, but it's against the quarterback that they loved dearly and brought them a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean – Talk about that, man. Like, if he goes, if Russell throws for 400 and you throw for a buck 30 and stink it up, man, the the Tuesday morning talk radio is going to be so dreadful for Drew Locke. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting. But, I mean, Rayson, before we wrap this podcast up, is there anything else you want to add to the NFL schedule? I mean, the reason we didn't go really in-depth in it, because quite frankly – there's a lot of topics we could talk about the NFL schedule. We can talk about, you know, who can go worse to first, which I'm, we've already talked about doing shows about that in the future um, when it comes to yeah. the season preview stuff. So, you know, we talked about the things we did because of we're going to get dive, take a deeper, deeper dive into that stuff later d- down the road. But before we end the show, is there anything else you wanted to add on top of what we already discussed? Um, well, the Cardinals aren't playing the Seahawks uh, for week 18. Uh, again this year like we have been the past three years uh it's against the Niners which if things play out the way they do that those are two teams that could be fighting for a wild card spot um, I would have rather preferred to see it be uh, the Rams because then again the, the same side the flip side of the coin is these two teams could be fighting for number one of the NFC West so I'm not upset with the the uh, whole excuse me, San Francisco Niners game being put the last game of the season. 
but I think I would have preferred it to be the Rams. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it too, I think the NFL is thinking of maybe the Niners are the team, the, the sleeper team, because the Niners last year, especially if Debo stays, I mean, they really caught fire late last year. They really found their identity and they, of how they wanted to win football last season about midway did, through. It, 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 but it's going to be a little more difficult this year because I've read that San Fran is wanting to try and unload Jimmy G um, before the season starts and they're hoping sometime in June or July. And I'm hearing that they maybe aren't as high on Trey Lance as what they, excuse me, what they were when they drafted him. So San Fran could end up being a 10 win team this year. San Francisco could end up being a five win team this year. It's all going to depend on how the season plays out. If they can unload Jimmy G or not. Um, If he starts and eventually possibly when Trey Lance becomes a starter. Well, the thing with that is, Rayson, too, is if you're that uncomfortable with Trey Lance, I mean, that pick looks bad already. Um, but as my thing with Trey Lance is, I don't sure, he might not be as good of a passer as Jimmy G, but Jimmy G isn't a great passer. He's a very he's an above average thrower. Yeah. The thing that Trey Lance can do that Jimmy G can't do in a in a hundred million years is he gives you that that threat of if he gets out the pocket, he can make a home run play. Especially yeah. if you add that with, you know, Debo Samuel. I mean, I know Debo doesn't want to be used as the, the hybrid guy he was last year, but maybe you don't have to use him, you know, instead of 80% of the time he's in the hybrid position. Maybe you go to maybe like 20%, and now you really have to game plan for that 20% because that 20% is going to be so effective when they do bring it out. Right. I mean, there, there's, right. Way to, there's ways to make – Debo happy that he's not being used as the running back for 10 carries a game and also being able to still have your offense the way you want it to some degree. Yeah. But time will tell, Raceland. But speaking of time, we are out of time for this episode, Raceland. Um, it was really fun to talk about the NFL schedule. Again, there's so much more we can discuss and we will um, yes. in the future episodes. But until then, I am James and that was Raceland and we'll see you here next time on your favorite football podcast.